with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. Yes, we are live again. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the underworld. Yeah, okay, the underworld and all that. Anyways, back in the UK where he belongs is the gold standard in ghost hunting, Steve Parsons. Well, they know that because I did last week's show with Stephen Scott. I know. Thank God. So they, so they know I'm in the UK. Duh. What are you talking about? You're, well, you're in there I, now. Where you yeah, well, I, I said that last week. I'm back home where I belong. Yeah. Good for if you. If you listened to the show last week, then you Why would I listen to you? I, every time you give me something, it's bad advice. Really? I mean, really? I, I mean, you're the big, big, big advocate of infrasound causing haunted houses. I come across the article that says that's bull. Which article? Uh, this is an uh, article in the science, uh, life science, and it talks oh, yeah. about it talks the 1998 Vic and Tandy yeah, yeah. paper by the SPR, which I believe you are a member of it, right? Yeah, but that was nothing. That paper was nothing to do with me. Anyway, continue. So then it said uh, there were actual experiments conducted to to prove that theory, uh, theory at uh, Mary's uh, close in the 2007 thing, and they found out absolutely no difference in, in the number of people having experiences with infrasound or without. Is that the Wiseman one? Uh, uh, I'm trying to find the author on this. Uh, no, hang on, 2007? Yeah, 2007. Yeah, what well, was me? That was you. Yeah, you found no difference. Except we did. And it's not according to this. Proving this notion has been difficult. Lots of things create infrasound, such as wind gusts, air conditioners, earthquakes. Well, and one ex- the- wait a minute. Yeah, in one experience, experience researchers, maybe that's yeah. you, used hidden infrasound generators during yeah. the ghost tours given at that's very James close. Yeah. The yeah. close was now underground, but in the 1600s, it was a series of narrow passages yeah. to tall buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During the city's ghost festival in 2007, Correct. some unsuspecting tour ghosts or uh, tour groups were blasted with infrasound as they Correct. roamed the creepy process, uh, Correct. passageway. The results revealed no difference in the number of people who reported a paranormal experience, whether they were exposed to infrasound or ambient noise. Somebody's misreported the results. However, the infrasound group, uh, infrasound exposed group, did report greater overall spooky experiences. Yeah, what we which, what we found was that nobody reported visual apparitions, but there uh, was a significant increase in the number of 
There was no difference in people reporting paranormal experiences, but there was a significant difference in the number of people reporting uh, unusual sensations. Okay. So what we found from that was, um, so clearly somebody's read the paper. Um, Which is good, right? Well, it's nice to know it's been read. Um, <laughs> So what we discovered was the 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 bottom line was um, confirmation that infrasound doesn't affect everybody, but if but around one third of the uh, trials group reported an increased number of anomalous experiences, although none of them were paranormal. So nobody had visual hallucinations and saw apparitions. Okay. Nobody said that they saw ghosts. Um, but that they said that they felt uneasy, untoward, ill at ease, and nauseous, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Okay, because what I understand and work with you, that you, you attribute a lot of the paranormal experiences in, in haunted locations due to infrasound. Isn't that? Uh, not, as men, not as many as some people. Um, like, for example, some well-known parapsychologists tend to <laughs> tend to uh, go, oh, that's infrasound at every twist and turn. Yeah. Um, whereas I have, I mean, mindful of the experiments that I have conducted, so I know that around about one third of any group of people are more susceptible to having unusual sensations that they may attribute to the paranormal. Okay. So th things like, and what I'm looking for are classic infrasound uh, generator sources, such as, for example, one location that we both know well would be Fort Constitution. Yes. Um, and what you have is those um, tunnels through the walls. Protocols. Yeah. Now, any long tube will act as what's called a Helmholtz resonator. And a Helmholtz resonator is effectively exactly the same as when you blow across the top of a bottle. The bottle mm -hmm. acts as a resonator right. and you get the sound yep. when you. Um, so when you get uh, blowing differently at either end of a tunnel, the tunnel itself will act kind of like an organ tube and become a Helmholtz resonator. And we had those effects, you know, because it was those tubes, people felt that, you know, as they walk deeper into the tube, and it's normally around about one third of the way in from either end rather than the middle. Ah, that's true. Um, because that's where the standing wave forms. Uh, the standing waves form around about one third of, um, of you know, uh, they don't form in the centre, they form third interval through the tunnel so in that case what i'm looking for is not just um evidence of infrasound but evidence of a helmholtz resonator okay and then based upon you know if i find them then i'll i will do some measurements and hopefully determine whether it's a likely factor so 
how did you how did you carry off this? I, I'm really first of all, I'm really annoyed that they they didn't give you credit. Uh, they didn't even yeah, mention. That's a shame. Uh, they didn't give you credit, or uh, was this under uh, Parasite? No, no, no. It was no. It was published in the SPR Journal. That's that's. I mean, they 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 uh, they they uh, referred to the SPR Journal on uh, the Tandy. Uh, yeah. Well, it was it was it was also there. Tandy's was published 1998 1999. Right. And then I published mine in. Oh, let me think. 2012, 13. That's amazing. They they talk about this thing, but they don't give any uh, credit to which is. I, you I, know, that's that's healthy. really not. That's not. It's frustrating. It's not that uncommon because. Um, I still find it insulting. I I see quite a lot. Well, what what's even more frustrating is when they only report Tandy's experiments. That's true. Because. You and I because, both know that it's, it, people will choose one particular yeah. thing that that supports their theories, right? You know, I mean, even even though Tandy's research was uh, largely discredited by the subsequent experiments that were carried out after his death, mm-hmm. um, which I was involved with, um, most if you look at infrasound. Um, the vast majority of sites that report it stop at the Tandy paper. And a lot of journalists only read the Tandy stuff and never the fact that it was discredited slightly. Not not his general conclusion that infrasound was uh, a factor, but what was very much discredited was his, you know, remember the... Uh, the 18.9 hertz causes the eyeball to vibrate based upon a NASA paper, um, and that causes people to see apparitions. That was massively discredited because we we never had a single instance of that in over 600 uh, subject tests. Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, that's a bit frustrating, you know that we've moved on with our knowledge of infrasound since then. We know it's a factor in some instances, and we know it affects around about one third of the general population, um, but that they stick at Tandy because Tandy's is more sensational, I guess. Yeah. So is, is that is that the only experiments that you carried out on that? Or oh, like heavens no. No, 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 no. That was only that was the first of the big mass participation experiments that we did. We also used it in with bigger bigger groups of people um, at concerts. We used it with small groups um, of investigators at haunted locations. We even used it in a television series and a television show where right. we where we were adding it um, at different times to see if the it would affect the outcome of the investigators. So there was a big Scottish castle um, and it was during a live sort of television ghost hunt for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we were doing is at random points throughout the show, we would uh, turn on the infrasound generators and swamp the castle with infrasound to see if that had any effects on the investigators. And particularly a group, there were two groups of investigators. One was a psychic group and one was a science, they called themselves a science group. Um, 
and we were looking to see if we could alter their perception of the location based upon adding infrasound. And we did. Did, it, did you get good results? Or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what we did find is a consistency with the results uh, from the concert um, experiments where we added infrasound to, um, we would invite an audience in um, mm -hmm. and they, they were played some music. But at different points within the performance, and well, we actually did, there were two performances, um, one that had no infrasound in it at all. And then a second performance where infrasound was added at different periods to see the effects on the, the audience were then given a questionnaire to fill in um, to see. And what was, what was remarkably consistent is that if you add infrasound, regardless of the frequency, uh, we did discover other things too, but basically there was a great consistency in this number of people affected this one third of the population. It correlated very well on every experiment when we looked at the numbers. And that's how we were able to say with a um, degree of confidence that mm -hmm. about two thirds of the population have no feel, no uh, reported effects. And one third of the population do report effects. Okay, well, that makes sense. You know, if you, I, you know, a lot of times when, like, for instance, I just read, I read, I read one short article, and it mentioned two particular uh, instances, and you know, that's all you had, so you didn't have much more to go on than what they fed you. You know, so yeah, well, we've we, I mean, oh, uh, well, this is, I mean, it also depends on the bias of the person writing true, the report. Very true. Because if, for example, the person writing that article is themselves a skeptic, then they are going to cherry pick out the bits that say that, oh, they didn't report any paranormal effects. Okay, Without, I... with, yeah, you see what I mean? So you could actually yeah. argue that based upon the paper, there was, you know, it debunked the original Tandy paper, when in actual fact it offered um, support to Tandy's paper, but in a slightly different direction. So this this is the person who wrote it, Stephanie Pappas. Uh, she is a regular. Uh, she has contributed to the American Science and the Monitor and the American uh, Psychological Association. She received her bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of Ca South Carolina and graduate certificate in science communication from the University of California. So that's her. Well, she's she's obviously um, okay with the research, but mm -hmm. I don't know her, and I don't know her particular yeah, leanings. I've never heard of her either. Yeah, you know, she might be, you know, uh, an academic who um, is one of the skeptical sort of group. Yeah, she's uh, a she. She writes a lot of radicals, evidently, because she covers everything from yeah. geoscience to archaeology. Uh, to the human brain and behavior. So yeah. she, I mean, she's 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 written. I mean, she's reported it correctly, but you know, the way she's pitched it looks like it's debunked infrasound. When in actual fact, right. it's supported infrasound, but in a different way than uh, Tandy had tried in, in his initial paper. Tandy made a big deal about uh, this particular frequency, the frequency of fear. 
Um, in fact, there was a movie made um, called 18.9, The Frequency of Fear or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because Tandy had pitched this one particular frequency. And what we found is actually that um, the frequency wasn't as important it worked just as effectively as 11, 12, 13. Oh, I was 18. just going to ask you that. Okay, okay, it is important. But but what, what we discovered, which was um, a surprise, is that, uh, well, not really a surprise, but um, was that if you change the frequency continually by a very small amount of one or two hertz, it the effects are even more disturbing and disruptive because people can't seem to um and this this was this was also supported by um, an american i think it was a u.s navy study that determined that um if you play one continuous tone of infrasound or a note then the human body brain would null it out it would ignore it after a while quite quickly in fact whereas if you constantly stepped the frequency by a hertz or two it's a very small change it stopped the body um sort of getting a grip of it mm-hmm. um and the body i mean in another similar adjacent area um quite a lot of um manufacturers of you know these air scent systems these air, right. yeah you know like the air yep. purifiers and yeah yeah um they they have two or three different fragrances because if you use just one fragrance continually um all of a sudden you, you, people stop smelling it but they just get used to it and it goes away it's called being mm-hmm. nose blind mm-hmm. um so what they do is they have maybe vanilla, apple, and citrus, and they'll alternate between the different ones so that every few minutes you get the different scent and you notice them more. Absolutely. And it's the same with sound. If you just play one tone, um, your brain quite quickly just ignores it. Now, have you noticed the difference between uh, the introduction of infrasound in daylight versus nighttime yes um during the not so much day versus night but um daytime in so much as infrasound effects can be masked by um day-to-day activities so for example it's it's kind of like and you'll understand this pain pain is a lot less troublesome during the day when you're distracted than it is at night when you've got nothing else to focus on you know steve i was that's what the point i was getting at because you i am suffering from that and i realized that from the difference and that's one of the reasons i did want to bring that up but you're absolutely right uh it, it is much more uh, prevalent in the time than the daytime so so there, there it's not actually day night as in oh it's got dark so infrasound is more mm-hmm. prevalent it's that your level of distraction changes so during the day there might be the same amount of infrasound but you're getting on with doing things and your brain is you know processes and it doesn't notice the effects quite so much whereas at night you're lying and you see this with the hum you know the famous hum Mm -hmm. 
Uh, if you look at the reports of the hum, it is most irritating at night. People say, I can't sleep. I'm up all night because of it. Every time I go to bed, I become more aware of it. It's stopping me sleeping. It's dis dis disrupting my sleep. Uh, I'm constantly tired um, and I can't hear it during the day. And it's because it's not because the hum's gone away, because when we've measured, uh, we had a hum here in Pembrokeshire about eight or nine years ago, which was a good opportunity for me to set up and measure the thing. Awesome. Um, and you get it a lot now from wind turbines. They they generate their own infrasound. Absolutely. Um, and you, ha you have people saying, oh, it's terrible at night. All I can hear is the from the wind turbine. Um, and it's really annoying at night and it keeps me awake every night. And I, you know, because then people get sort of locked into a pattern of, I mean, they're tired now as well because they're not sleeping. They become hyper aware, like with pain, because the brain has got nothing else to focus upon. And so all it focuses upon is the pain or the sound, the hum. And so it's much more troublesome at night. But it's the same stimulus. It's just how we deal with the stimuli, stimulus. It's how, how our body deals with it, right? Uh, how our mind, or it's how, yeah, it's how our yeah. brain deals. Yeah, yeah how exactly. We, yeah, rather than our body. Yeah. The, I, I, the I effects are the same. Better. You know, if you measured the if the sound, if you you can't measure pain, but if you could measure the injury, you would find it's the same same degree of of stimulus. Mm -hmm. It's just that the brain. You know, it's doing other things as well. It's watching TV. It's dealing with work. It's it's answering the telephone. It's holding conversations. There is much more going on during the day to keep the brain sort of not to focus on the sound or the pain or the stimulus. Yeah, it's it's the intriguing thing about uh, the paranormal is, is we so, really know so little bit about it, and we're we're taking shots at trying to explain it and uh you know it could be a, a bunch of reasons rather than one specific reason uh well, you know well yeah you, you, as, uh, as it says in the opening paragraph of ghostology um you know we we know jack shit about the paranormal in effect um you know we we don't know anything more than we knew 150 years ago when the spl was founded 160 years ago when the SPR is founded about what the paranormal is. We can't define a ghost. We don't understand poltergeists. But what we can say with a degree of certainty now is that there are things that, that cause people to report paranormal experiences. Um, you know, I felt there was something in the room with me. I felt right. that cold, uh, spot. cold spot. I felt that I felt just uneasy. I felt, anxious and we know that there are things within the environment normal things that cause those effects as well now we can't say that it was caused by a ghost but what we can say in some situations is the much more likely cause is this environmental factor yeah it, it can be also within ourselves too for instance when i did oh, yeah. my uh, library talk yesterday and, and that was you know two weeks out of the house finally and and I did it, I had to stand up for an hour. And when I got home, I was actually freezing, my chills and, and I was just shaking. And that was my body uh, basically 
you know, reacting to the shock of uh, what had happened. And so those were created by my body, the chills and everything else, not not an environment. It was. Oh, it happened. Yeah. And I, I, I can fully empathize because um, the day I got back from this, from um, the, the, the States, mm-hmm. I'd been awake by the time I went to bed, I'd been awake for about 37, 38 oh, hours. God bless you. And it ha- I went to bed and I was fine. And I woke up about 2 a.m. Um, because, you know, your body clock's a bit muddled up. Um, I thought, well, there's no point in lying here. I'll, I'll get up for an hour and um, then I'll go back to bed, you know, and sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I went back up to bed, I couldn't stop shivering, which turned into the most powerful um, sh- shivers. I thought I was running a fever, but the temperature oh, wow. was normal. Yeah. And it was just physical exhaustion. You know, the body reacting to the, it it had used up all of its reserves and was, you know, that's how it responded. Yours, try, try, yours. Yeah, trying to cope with whatever was yeah. going on by itself, yeah. yeah. And, it, you know, it started off with a, oh, it's a bit cold. And then it was, and I'd been down, you know, I'd been sitting downstairs for, the, for an hour and felt perfectly comfortable. It was only when I got back into a warm bed. I then felt cold felt a bit shivery, which over the next half hour turned into the most intense shivering. I just couldn't oh. stop. My teeth were chattering. I was shaking. I couldn't I, I couldn't move, you know, properly because of the the the, the shivers, the tremors. Mm-hmm. Right. And then after another hour it they just disappeared. I woke up in the morning and I was perfectly fine. The body coped with what was going on. It was, it was just, it, yeah, it would just give it, you know, it, it had used up everything it had left. Mm-hmm. So, um, as yours did, you know, the adrenaline had run out, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we're coming up to the break, anyways, right now. So, um, you're listening to, well, we still got two minutes, but uh, it's good to uh, have seen you again. I'm sorry. Uh, Final plans didn't work out, uh, but uh, final you know, plans. <laughs> the final plans, the last two. I mean, well, wait, wait a minute. I, hey, I was with you all that time. No, you weren't. Bull. We had one day together before you. Um, one day alone together. Yeah, before you crashed and burned. Yeah. I went to all your events. I did everything until the end. The four days at the end, I crashed and burned. Well, we got to go anyways. Speaking of crashing, <laughs> you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with uh, Steve Pass and Ron Kolek right here on Tojinet Radio. Brought to our very brought to brought to you by our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Uh, there's over 40 exclusive videos just for you if you join Patreon. Three bucks a month. Don't be so cheap. It's cheaper than a cup of coffee. Cheaper than your new prime minister. Anyways. We'll be right back after the following messages.
Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. Television extravaganza. It's a Halloween special on Ghost Chronicles Next Generation coming up at uh, the top of the hour. But first, another half hour. Did you call our Prime Minister cheap? I did. <laughs> cheap. He's he right, says. What's the question you know? Well, we might be cheap, but at least we pay our speakers and event hosts. Ooh. Yeah, what are you well, Americans don't. Really, really, uh, don't seem to. Well, I guess have to. I'll have to uh, cheap, own up to that. Skates. I'll have to own up that, and then and uh, carry on that tradition. That yeah, cheap skates. I guess, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Going back to your misfortune. Going back to your misfortune. Yeah. What? Yeah. Knowing you. No, going back to your misfortune, you know, it was entirely self-inflicted and it had nothing to do with walking in the sand dunes. Oh, here we go again. You you disrespected the doll. Oh, you're not going to bring that up, are you? I am, because that's what went wrong. If you hadn't disrespected the doll, none of this, none of the... Does anybody know what we're talking about, by the way? No, you can explain now. I'm not explaining. Well, you've I didn't bring the, it up. Um, I bring it up. Well, you, I'm going to try and remember this now because it's been what three weeks. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, Go basically, basically, basically yeah, basically, um, I went off uh, thrifting, leaving me alone. Yeah, leaving you alone. Yeah, because um, with your new mate, Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> I went thrifting and came back with um we we were in the town of Newburyport and whilst in the town of Newburyport Dylan ventured into a shop um 
I went into an adjacent shop, which was like uh, kind of like home decor. Um, so there was all sorts of new and old. So there's some antiques and some, um, you know, furniture and stuff. And propped up in a chair, um, in a wooden chair, was this grotesque-looking handmade doll. Grotesque. And on the label. Well, grotesque as in it was reading. Who's disrespecting her now? It was crude. (laughs) But what what attracted me uh, to it was uh, the fact that on the label it said haunted doll. And a price tag, the price had been crossed out and a lower price had been written on. I, I just, on that note, I, I, you must have a spidey sense of something on that. You, I don't know where you find these. Uh, last time you were here, we went into the, the right. Goodwill store. I did. And you I found did. haunted items at a Goodwill store. And then this thing is like, I never run across any of them. How do you find them there? <laughs> just luck. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. so I spoke to the owner uh, of the store. I was chatting and she's uh, my And she told me that the doll had originally come from a house clearance from an old, an elderly lady who had died during the COVID pandemic. Uh, Mm. So she passed away in 2020, I think it was. There might be some of the details because it's been, you know, I I, I wrote the story down here. I I could read it if I wanted to. Well, go ahead then. Well, check check the details. Anyway, um, (laughs) so any details... They're only incorrect due to um, time lapse. And I only heard the story once, wrote it down. And then anyway, um, the doll had been bought. Uh, it was offered up for sale for $45. And the lady bought the doll um, as an ornament. And after a couple of weeks, she came back to the shop with the doll and returned it for a refund, saying that her teenage daughter didn't like the doll. And that the room in which the doll uh, had been placed was uh, now feeling cold and that the things within the room had fallen over uh, or had moved. So she brought it back. The doll then went back on the shelf and a number of customers came in and looked at it and said, oh, they just didn't like it. It gave them the creeps, the heebie-jeebies, the... And then a lady came in who said, I'm a psychic, and that's a, that doll is haunted. There's a little girl standing next to it. Um, the owner had noticed that prior to that, that the doll had, it was placed in a wooden chair uh, originally on a shelf, and it had fallen off the shelf a number of times, um, or things near the doll on the shelf had fallen off um so gradually she'd reduced the price to try and sell it because she, she couldn't bring herself she she had thought about giving it to goodwill or or just simply throwing it in the trash but couldn't you know she didn't want to she couldn't bring herself to do that and then this stupid englishman walked in um and the doll came back with me mm-hmm. and i went we were doing we were doing radio that evening yeah, and, we I brought, and I brought the doll over and you went oh what's that stupid looking thing another stupid haunted doll and I, I went oh, okay oh well there we are then 
Um, because I hadn't written the story down. I'd, I'd written it on my phone as she was telling me, and then I wrote it down on paper because mm-hmm. fully intending, as I'd done, you know, as originally, it wasn't. I had to bring the cat back, so I couldn't bring the doll back as well. Heronog kitty. What pussy um, call it? Yeah, and what's the doll called? Kitty. <laughs> you have to mention that, right? Yeah, the doll's called Kitty. I totally Kitty forgot about that doll. Kitty the doll. And so I dropped the doll off with you, didn't I? Yeah, you did. And then, then things started to unravel very quickly. If you say so. Yeah. So it's because you disrespected the doll. I told you to be nice okay. to the doll. You say Put so. the doll in a chair and be be talked pleasantly to her. I did. I sang her a lullaby. But, um, anyway, there we are. So, yeah, it's a handmade doll from about the 1930s, 40s. I thought it looked, well, I thought when I first saw it, I thought it was maybe Betty Davis doll. You know, like um, the big baby blue eyes and the kiss curl and the blonde hair and the ribbons. It reminded me of Bet- Betty Davis in... Um, Except it's none of that. Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Oh, that was a creepy movie. Well, uh, you know, if you look at the way the dolls are tired as well, and it looks like a nightdress. Um, you know, it you've does. got the blonde hair, the ribbons. Uh, it does look, or it did remind me of Baby Jane. Okay. But there Fair we enough. are. There um, you go. So the only details I have were what the shopkeeper told me, which I then wrote down. Um, gave to me gave to you because mm-hmm. you like these sorts of things i do and and because i had to uh, and anyway there was no way was i getting on a plane with that <laughs> <laughs> not after what had happened to you oh thanks <laughs> i mean you've already I mean, well you know you're the expert you've dealt with the iguana the photograph I, i'm blaming the photograph and everything so I get rid of that photograph, that's all on the photograph. No, no, the photograph is... is that's supreme. Any... I'm looking at it right now. It's right over my head. Yeah, but it hasn't caused any trouble for a long time. Oh, if you say so. What well, about the Ukrainian war? Pandemic. Oh, you're blaming them on the photograph? Monkeypox. You're blaming all of them on the photograph? Hurricane Bi- Ian. Biden? Bi- <laughs> Biden. Yeah, look at it. It's, the list is immense. <laughs> Immense. <laughs> so what plans have you got for Kitty? Uh, I don't know. She's sitting somewhere. What do you mean sitting somewhere? I don't know where she is. Well, yeah. Well, again, I moved, out of the, I moved out of the beach house and everybody moved everything for me. And that was yeah, it. but the thing is, I mean, it's like, it's like the killer doll. You know, the killer doll sits on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So she can, you know, like treat them with respect. They look after you. You know the story of the killer doll, of course, which we've, I think we've told. Uh, we've talked many before. a time. Yeah. I want, I, I want to go back to this article if we can, if you don't okay. mind. Uh, okay. I've had it with the, this haunted stuff talk. It irritates me. <laughs> so next time I come over and find a haunted thing, then just don't give it to you. Sure. However, however much you curl your lip and look jealous. <laughs> That's an American thing. Just ignore you and just go, no, I'm taking this one back to the UK. So uh, evidently, your good friend, Christopher French, psychologist at the Goldsmiths College. Oh, yeah. yeah University yeah. of London. Project Haunt, is this by any chance? 
Mm, I guess. Anyways, uh, French and his colleagues found have found little evidence that infrasound and electromagnetic <sighs> fields the whole explain project. ghostly apparitions. He and That's his team tried create scientific hauntings yeah. by building a chamber which the participants yeah. exposed to 50 yeah. minutes. So you know this one? Oh, uh, well, the, the, second half, the second half of the published paper mm-hmm. on infrasound, which talks about Edinburgh and the Edinburgh experiments, the second half of it basically thoroughly um, dismisses project the Haunt Project carried out by Goldsmiths and Chris French because because there was a very fundamental error made in their in fact their data if you look at it um properly actually is strongly supportive of infrasound um but they chose to completely disregard a big chunk of data not only that is they made an assumption um right from the start that Infrasound was only present when they put their machine on and made it. They had an infrasound speaker in the room um, and they had infrasound or sorry, they had two states, no infrasound and infrasound. What they should have had is infrasound and more infrasound. Because infrasound, of course, from the environment, from the which you can't get rid of, um was there all of the time they were just adding more to it so but they were claiming that there was no infrasound because they weren't measuring it they were only assuming that it was there when they switched their machine on a very very basic mistake um that completely well it made their data irrelevant moreover they completely disregarded a lot of data that was very evidential of infrasound. Um, it, it, in fact, it was, if you look at their paper, um, the original paper, and then look at my paper, I go through statistically how many instances of reported experiences are directly attributable to infrasound. Um, you know, based upon not just the work we've done, but on the work that have been done by the US government, by the European government, um, by a number of other health agencies who were studying infrasound effects on, for example, long distance lorry drivers, on um, pilots, on industrial plant workers. Um, And they, they... it, it was throughout their report, there was, there's infrasound, there's infrasound, there's in, it was affecting around about one third of the group of people who were there. The data was really clear, but they threw that away because they weren't, they didn't want to know it was there. And anyway, they were misunderstanding their own data because they assumed that there was only infrasound present when they switched the machine on. It's you know I I did a little bit not not no comprehensive study but I I, I found this interesting it, in fact you helped me set this up uh, for my paranormal study group is I got a big whooper uh, mm-hmm. amplifier yeah. and I brought yeah. it into classroom and it was very simple you know you you, you had a switch in the back you turned it on and yeah. and so I I asked the people to uh, 
basically, I'm going to change the infrasound in, in, in this thing. First, I'm going to no infrasound on. Write down yeah. your experiences. Okay, everybody wrote the experiences. Said, okay, now I'm going to turn the machine on, and I had a certain uh, amount. I can't remember right now what I told him. I said, okay, this is uh, like uh, yeah, 50%. Okay, so we'll make a shot. And so they wrote down all the experiences. And then I said, then I shut the switch off. Then I changed it to 100%. And I, then I flipped it up again. And yeah. I said, write down your experiences. And, and hopefully, at no point, you switched the machine on at all. Exactly. I took this fuse out of it, so it couldn't even go on. It, it's called, yeah, it's it's an experiment I did. Uh, well, that's why I told you to go and do it, because it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I did it originally on a radio show. Um, oh. for the for the BBC and we got complaints uh, from the broadcast standards authority that we shouldn't be doing it but we went ahead and did it anyway because we weren't <laughs> do, because we weren't actually doing anything right um and this is called a gallery experiment uh, it's it's where you tell somebody you're about to do something and you don't do it but they think you have and then they start to report effects now interestingly the the numbers um of people are very different uh, from a real infrasound experiment. So, for example, in Edinburgh and at the mm -hmm. concerts and at the castle, about one-third of the people reported an increased number of, ex of unusual sensations when the infrasound was added, when we turned the machine on and added more infrasound to that which is always omnipresent. Right. In, a, in the other type of experiments, which we, we did, and we did it in London as well, where we tell them beforehand um, that we're going to be adding infrasound at different points, and the numbers were dramatically higher. So more like a complete reversal. Two-thirds, uh, in fact, it was slightly higher than two-thirds, reported experiences because we told them that they were going to uh, have an experience or we told them that infrasound can, you know, we were going to stick it, switch the machines right. on. Um, and one of the ways of determining whether, uh, it, so with, with the radio one, of course, you cannot, you, people listening at home or on headphones listening to a radio show like, like they are now. Mm -hmm. Um, if you and I added infrasound, they'd never hear it anyway because the speakers they're listening to couldn't play it back. So it would be pointless. But we went ahead on the radio and said, right, um, at different points within tonight's radio show, we're going to add some infrasound. And we want you to uh, phone in, uh, email us, message us, text us, um, if you have any experiences. And we're going to be doing this in the first half hour of the show. But we're not going to tell you when. We're just going to be in the first half hour of right. the show. Well, we were getting very high hit rates. About 76% of the people phoning in were saying, oh, yeah, I can, I can, yeah, sensations. And it's all a bit weird. And objects are moving. And I feel really nervous. And there's somebody watching me. And... We haven't done a damn thing, you know. We haven't switched, and it wouldn't have mattered if we had because they'd have never heard it anyway. Right, they would never went to the speakers. You know, like at the end of the we at the performance concerts where we used infrasound, um, every 
audience member as they left were given a CD of the music and of the performance, which was recorded live during the presentation. Um, and I've got my CDs upstairs. You can play them to your heart's content, but you'll never hear any infrasound, even though we were using it because you couldn't record it. This, the equipment couldn't record it and the equipment can't play it back. So effectively, it's not there. <laughs> That's right. But, but people still claim that they get affected by it because it's in the it's in the you know the notes that accompany the CD. The I mean this is all interesting uh, as far as uh, I mean the the one with the, the experiment that I did with the speakers is is, yeah. is you know kind of like based on uh, Michael Van Elk's uh, yeah University Institute study where uh, you know that that. The study is based on the theory that people have evolved to see patterns when that existed. And so, for instance, if you're walking through the woods and you hear a rustle in the trees, do you keep going or do you run away? If you if you keep going, you might be attacked. If you run away, no harm can be done. So therefore, your body says it's better safe than sorry. So you run away, even though your logical it, mind. It's also, it, it, it's yeah. also um, largely as well, uh, predominantly, in fact. Uh, associated with um, expectation and belief. If you prime the pump beforehand, if you tell, and this is the basis of every good ghost hunt. If you tell yeah. people that, yeah, every 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 EP public EVP published online, and well, well, let's stick to ghost hunts <laughs> for the time being. But we, <laughs> yeah, because there is actually a, a, a strange connection between EVP and infrasound. Hmm. Um, but the basis of every good ghost hunt is you tell people, you, you know, this is the most haunted building in Drakers. This is the most haunted yep. building in, and people have uh, had, you know, had their their hair stroked or been touched or pushed. Uh, and basically, whatever you tell them is what they're going to report. And we've we've done experiments at, at British castles where we've added an extra story. So we've told them all of the. Um, report, you know, truthful reports of the phenomena that have been experienced, but we've added one. Um, we added famously the galloping horseman at Tutbury Castle. Huh. Um, so they went on, you know, they, they were taken round, they were given, you know, told the ghost stories, and one of the stories was of this galloping horseman who galloped through the through the entrance gateway. Um, and people have heard the sounds of the galloping hooves. Well, at least half the participants that night heard the galloping hooves of the phantom horseman galloping <laughs> through the arches. But of course, they could never have heard that because we borrowed that story from a castle 200 miles away and just asked the historian who was taking them on the guided tour to add that extra story. So we were priming the pump. Now, going back to EVP, yes, you're absolutely right. The best EVPs are, well, in fact, most people. Well, it was part of the talk I I, I gave, wasn't it? Um, whilst yep. I was over there. Yep. Um, where, you know, if a lot you of good stuff him, you did while you were over here. You did a lot of interesting you know, stuff. If you give people the lyrics, <laughs> however mad they are, they will hear what you're telling them that they're about to hear. Mm -hmm. But what's uh, where there's a weird connection with infrasound is because infrasound became and remains still quite a popular area with um, 
ghost hunters. You know, they they go, oh well, we we measure infrasound and yeah, yeah. you know, technically they 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 can't, uh, not without you know lavish expensive equipment. Um, although it is possible to do it with an iPhone, and ghostology does explain how. So if you don't um, have ghostology, you should get it. You can learn all these neat experiments. Yeah. Um, but they were claiming that they get infrasonic EVPs from their equipment that's recording infrasound. So we got a bunch of recordings knowing that, well, they're not recording infrasound. So what are they recording and why are they claiming uh, EVPs? And what we discovered was that when they're playing back their recordings and looking at it on a spectrum analyzer, it looks like there's a bunch of stuff going on um, below 20 hertz. So the, the assumption is that that must be infrasound. What's actually happening is the spectrum analyzer is showing the electronic noise from the circuits of the recorder. <laughs> there's no infrasound there at all. But when you then, you know, turn the volume up, it makes the this sort of mushy sound from the electronic noise within the recorder. And because of the mushy sound, sometimes sounds like words. <laughs> the, their brains do the rest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the most, I mean, that's one of the, the, the most interesting things. It's, it's people everyday life have that same effect. They'll, they'll be embedded in the summertime. They'll have the air conditioning on or a fan on and, and they'll, they'll hear people talking or, or music yeah. even. Yeah. And it's yeah. really, that's nothing there. That's just the, uh, that's right. We yeah. had one really bizarre instance, um, where it was, it was actually infrasound and we were able to measure it and prove it. This took place at the shipyard in Birkenhead and a bunch of our investigators started to say that they, they they didn't hear music, but they felt like singing a particular song, and several of them were saying the same song, which we thought, well, oh, that's, that's a bit odd. Yeah. That's the, what we discovered was happening was the the way the wind was blowing. There was a big pipe outside, a big ventilator pipe outside of the building, and it was it was acting as an organ pipe and a Helmholtz resonator, mm-hmm. and the notes it was. It was it was sort of making these infrasonic musical tones that was causing people to uh, think that they were hearing music. The similarity of the why they were hearing the same song is that song had been played on the radio um, in the car on the car radios ah. that people were listening to. So when they when their brain was programmed to hear music by the infrasound. The last it thing was latching on to well, it like an earworm, mm-hmm. and, and so about f- those who who were sitting in the car with the radio on were the ones that had heard the same song. Those who didn't have the radio on still heard music, but they didn't get the same tune. So the the infrasound had triggered an earworm in people. Yeah. I, I find this, you know, we really need more experiments and stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm, bi- I'm doing them. I'm doing them. 
I know, I know. I mean, we, the thing like, you know, the God helmet and electro, we didn't yeah. get, get into it, but electromagnetic energy's effect on, well, on the we should, we should really, we should really actually have not plugged ghostology, even though there's got whole chapters about infrasound, because there is actually paracoustics. Oh, uh, sorry about that, by, my friend. You brought it up, by, though. And I'll written, this. By, written by Cal and I, uh, which mm -hmm. deals exclusively with sound and the paranormal. Um, and that's also well, available on Amazon. I'm getting the sound in my ear telling us uh, we've got to wrap it up. So okay. we have to wrap it up. So, so I can't uh, tell you, I, I won't be able to tell you why the infrasound generator was called the Orgasmatron. I saw that uh, a percentage of the people who uh, went through this infrasound actually became sexually aroused. Correct. And that's why it was became the, called the Orgasmatron. That's not a bad idea. We could sell that. We should. Brandon well, we, we said that's no great discovery because, you know, every housewife has sat on top of the tumble dryer. Well, we got to go. Anyways, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles, uh, R-rated version, I guess, of uh, yeah. Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons and Ron Kolick right here on Tojinet. And uh, stay tuned for a special Halloween. Halloween edition of uh, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Good night. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.